I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's time to get the inside scoop on the Utah Jazz. From the play-by-play voice of the Jazz, David Locke. Sweet revenge! Presented by Murdoch Auto Group. Ow! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It is time for our weekly conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, He's forgotten more about basketball than you'll ever know. He's the great David Locke. Hi, David. Happy Valentine's Day, David. Hands, happy Valentine's Day. Man, we I forgot you. to call Jeffrey's flowers. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Jimmy's. I I know that. Uh, oh, sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> I know that you love love like I do, do though, David. I I know you're a fan of love. I am. Good. I like to give. Do you uh, do you have your restaurant picked out for tonight already? In Memphis? Yes. Oh, that's right. You are in Memphis, aren't oh, you? Please tell me you took Mama with you. I did not. You take, take, Dude, take you know, my Valentine's Day. My Valentine's Day present to my wife, but she doesn't have to go to Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> take take Bullard to Gus's and call it good. <laughs> I do think Dave Fisdale. Jazz assistant GM's taking us out tonight because he used to be here, so he knows the place. So he's taking us out tonight. So how many super nice of him? How many times have you got over to Graceland? Just once. It was really cool. Oh, it's my favorite. Um, I go to the Civil Rights Museum just about every time I'm here. Um, they're going as a group this afternoon. I have some calls scheduled, so I think I'm going to go tomorrow on my own. But it's so awesome. I've gone, you know, done the whole thing a few times. And so what I've done since is I go and I'll do a portion of it for like an hour. Right. Like who cares that you pay an admissions fee? Like you're donating the civil rights museum. It's really cool. It's worth like, if you ever flying out here, land in Memphis, go to the civil rights museum, probably have Gus's fried chicken or central barbecue, leave as quickly as possible after that. Um, and go to wherever you're going. Um, but the Civil Rights Museum is really magnificent. They have one of the Freedom Buses. 
They still have the hotel room that Dr. Martin Luther King stayed in the night before um, he was shot. It's the Civil Rights Museum is built into what was the Lorraine Hotel where he was shot. Mm. Um, when he was out here uh, supporting the Memphis uh, sanitary workers. So it's really great. It has a very extensive early, I think they call it Negro history, um, in kind of the Underground Railroad and all of that period of time that we are not very well schooled on and don't know very much about in American history. Like, we just don't teach it because that would actually mean we had to admit what was going on in the first part of it. Um, so we don't teach that very much, like the way we do the Civil Rights Movement. And so a lot of those heroes are pretty incredible and are talked about, and it's worth going to see. The great David Locke right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. So um, is Gus's uh, overrated, underrated, or uh, as good as the hype uh, everybody makes it out to be? So for me personally, it's as good as the hype if I have a piece. Yeah. And it is vastly overrated if I have multiple pieces because the postgame show is brutal. <laughs> you know, I feel like I've, I've had a good, like, you know, I've done the Nobu thing. I've done the... uh the, well, wait, Gus and Nobu are not on the same scale. Well, no, no, I'm just talking about, like, the places people talk about in cities. You know, like uh, what's the uh, what's the state place in St. Elmo's in Indianapolis? I've done that. You know, like so so the guys went to St. Elmo's um, the other day. Last time I went to St. Elmo's, it was so below average that I was really uninterested in going. I'm not a big steak eater anywhere. The shrimp the shrimp cocktail is incredible, but you can go to Harry and Izzy's next door and get that. Um, So. St. Elmo's actually, I feel like, is, I guess they said it was much better, but last time I thought I'd jump the shark. When I was with the Colts, David, if you had perfect attendance every month in weightlifting, they'd give you a $200 gift certificate to Elmo's. So I actually made great. perfect attendance so I could eat at Elmo's anytime I wanted. <laughs> I mean, the vibe is awesome. That's actually my favorite part about St. Elmo's, is it's like got like... It's got like it feels like it's got a texture to it. Yes. It's got kind yeah. of a it's you a feel place. like you are someplace. Like we don't have a lot of places in Salt Lake that have that same kind of old school, been around for a while, bast in tradition element to it. We have some really good steakhouses and places that are good, but we, I don't think we. I don't feel like well, most of ours are chains, so that's probably why. Um, but I'm thinking. Of, I'm sorry if I apologize to the steakhouse. It's not a chain in Salt Lake City, but when I just ran through five in the top of my head, they were all chains. Um, so I, St. Elmo's just feels like it's like, it feels like it's deeply rooted in the culture of Indianapolis and that's super cool. And you kind of feel that when you come through that first bar area. And I think that's also the other elements. We just don't have that same bar set up because of the way our restaurants are. And that bar setup is super cool at St. Elmo's that like the first thing you walk in through is that kind of frolicking bar to get to your table. And then you're moving into a back room of some sort and the back room feels super cool. David, we got a lot to get to on this. Uh, let's start with this. Is it a good thing or a bad thing that the Jazz are 2-1 and one on the road since the trade deadline? <laughs> so, I get it. Like, honestly, I kind of assumed and had thought in my head, like, okay, 10 and 5 and 20, you know, 8 and, 20, eight and 22 doesn't hurt us. Like, eight, you know, 8 and 17, like as a broadcaster, I kind of said to myself, like, all right, like, let's, let's just still make sure we have a lot of fun with this. Like, it's been a great season and let's enjoy ourselves and – and, you know, if we end up the sixth pick of the draft, that's pretty good for the franchise. So um, I, I had gone there no differently than every other fan, but 
you know, I'm going to enjoy the wins. Like, it's fun to see these guys compete. And, you know, I've gotten to know Colin a little bit and some of these other guys. And it's really, and I've gotten to know Taylor a lot. Like, I talk to Taylor almost every night in every game. Um, he's in the locker room. He's one of the guys who sits in the locker room, kind of went to an open media. So we just check in and say hi and have various random conversation about flying objects in the sky or whatever it might be. Um, and so, you know, I find to watch these guys develop and get better and, and be parts of wins is really exciting. So I think we should be really happy for them that they're a part of it. Um, it's kind of maybe no lose right now. Like if they lose, you just kind of say, okay. And if they win, like enjoy it. So I've been, uh, I purposely did not, you know, bring up a lot of trades leading up because, you know, I want that pretty bird sandwich. Um, and so with that said, now You're doing sandwich, not three piece. Uh, I've only had the sandwich there. Mm, three piece tenders are really great. All right. Hey, this? Uh, pretty bird, the chicken place. Oh, okay. Never been. You, you've never, wait, wait who's no, never no, been to pretty No, 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 I've, I've had the sandwich. I've never had the three piece. I've never been. Oh, I can't wait to bring it to you. Really? It's that good. Uh, our buddy Clay Jensen. Oh, yeah. Our yeah, buddy Clay is, Jensen's. This is going to make my day. We're, I'm going to build a whole too. day around bringing you Pretty Bird. You swear. It's I mean, good. It might, I just warning, it's probably going to be in May. Okay. Right. Is that a three-piece that you're going to bring? Is that a spicy, or what do they do? Is it... Well, I'd probably go mild, because I think their spicy is really, really spicy. Oh. It might be too much, but if you are interested in both, I'd be willing to order you two. Um, so you could try both the mild and the medium spice. And I actually am not worried. I think you could probably eat two servings. Hey, did we ever get some cinnamon bears up to you? Did anybody ever make the trek up? No. No. Oh, your, no. Listeners, your listeners have failed me so far. Oh, no, come on, people. Dang it. I that was, van sticks out, too. You, it's a big van. You can find it. I was so hopeful. That was, that was a very specific ask, though, from a very specific <laughs> spot. Yeah, but very I, weird I, I did have a couple of people that tweeted at me and said they had the bears and they were looking for you. So I thought for sure somebody was going to find you. Oh. Um, well, that's nice of them. I appreciate it. So, but yeah, I'll, I'm just going to I just reserve the right. The statute of limitations to me paying off my bet has to be till post ski season. That's totally fine. Fine. Completely acceptable. Okay. Um, I I assume Russell Westbrook is eventually going to get bought out. I assume that's what's going to happen. Um, and I would anticipate probably the Clippers. Uh, but I don't know. How, how do you think this thing plays out? I'm beginning to wonder. Yeah. Um. If it's not the Clippers, who is it? I don't know. Uh, because the Clippers have been so vocal and wanting not, him. If it's not the Clippers, it's the Heat. Is it? Like, is there a second team if it's not the Clippers? Yeah, I, I thought that uh, he was pretty – well, I thought that it was pretty vocal or pretty out there that if it wasn't the Clippers, there was interest in the Miami Heat. He was interested in the Miami Heat. That's what I – that was the, the, the impression I was under, yes. I've not heard players from the right. from the Heat that have – that have asked for no. him, like Paul George. Asked. Yes, yeah. So that's good. It's a good point. So if he gets if he's got if he gets bought out, he has to know where he's going. Yes. Yeah. You don't. Uh, you know, if you're asking somebody to marry you, you got to know what the answer is going to be. And uh, so, yeah. Right. Hey, David, is there a timeline or a penalty? The longer the Jazz wait. No. no. Okay. I mean, I guess what's the uh, deadline for being on a playoff roster? That's a great question. Because that that would be the only issue. Um, from a jazz standpoint, from a jazz standpoint, there's really no no reason 
to worry about it or, um, yeah, there's, there's really no reason at all to, to worry about. In fact, there's probably some advantageous reasons for both sides to just sit on it forever. Yeah. I mean, the jazz, they've had great conversations and I think the jazz are just being super honest with Russ. Like, okay, like you're welcome to come, but you're not playing 35 and you're, you know, you're not going to have great counting numbers and, you know, we're probably more, you know, our focus is more interested in pieces that we're trying to develop. You're not going to be a piece of this thing in the long term, but if we can be a vehicle for you to show what you want to show someone for next year and we can be helpful to you, then maybe we can find a mutual agreement. Yeah. Um, and then the buyout is we'll help you once you know where you want to go, but he's got to know where he wants to go. Hmm. David Locke joins us, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Of course, the conversations with Davis all brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. Um, overall, though, when you look at um, you know what, what we're seeing across the landscape of the NBA post-trade deadline, who do you feel like came out the winner in all of it? Super interesting question. Um, a lot of people really like what the Clippers did because they had some depth. I think we're going to see little pieces of puzzles being most important. So, like, moves that didn't seem on the surface being wildly important are going to be important. And here's – let me back up if I can. The margin of error – or the margin from one team to the other in the NBA is narrower than it's ever been before, right? Like, even point differential after, like, Boston is pretty tight universally um, across the board. And so I think when you start to look at um, – when you start to look at those kind of – how slim that is between teams, it used to not be that way. So you used to have to add – a fairly significant piece to your puzzle to get better. But if you're the New York Knicks and you just went from Miles McBride to Josh Hart in your rotation for 20 minutes a night, that might be a really, that might be the difference between like that might be in a league where every game is as tight as it is. That really might matter. Do you understand? So rather than the headliner move, who's the team you know, we've talked about this a lot. I talk about 240 minutes. Do you have 240 minutes of viable NBA rotation minutes? It's where I thought people really missed the boat on us this year. Like, when you suddenly looked at the Jazz roster at the beginning of the year, like, you're like, whoa, we have 240 minutes. Most teams don't have 240 minutes of NBA rotation players. They just are playing some guys. The Knicks didn't have 240 minutes. Miles McBride's not all the way there yet as a bona fide rotation. Josh Hart is. So they just filled two hundred. You know, they just filled their two hundred and forty minutes. Um, you know, do Cam Reddish and Mile um, uh, Thibel somehow do something in depth for Portland that's a little different than they had before in, on those fringes? So I think it's some of those pieces that are does does Mason Plumley suddenly give the Clippers a backup center that's not Markeith Morris? Yeah, like that matters. So I think it's actually probably non-starter rotation pieces that just give a team 
48 minutes of basketball that they didn't used to have. Even more than the Kevin Durant move. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time on that one being a win right now. I, so, I'm, I'm so curious in this, David. I cannot, I can't wait so, to see it, but I don't know how it works. I, I love it. Okay, and I love it because if you're playing for a championship, you got to go all in, and they did, and their windows narrow, and Chris Paul's got limited left, and but holy cow, they gave up a ton. Yeah. A ton for a 34 or 5-year-old guy who's coming off an Achilles who's got leg problems who can't stay healthy. <clears throat> the ramifications like, of that trade is going to be felt for, you know, what, the next six years, seven years? I mean, it's, it's, right. it's insane. And you can't make a trade to make yourself a championship caliber team without that kind of risk. So I don't want to be the guy who's in there criticizing them for the risk because – you don't get upside without risk, right? That's that's how this works. There's, you know, I mean, hey, Pau was sold for Kwame Brown and Rasheed Wallace for whatever it was over the years. Like, every now and then it happens. But, like, generally, if you're going to make a, a move that's this bold, you've, you've got to take, you've got to have a little risk. And I think, I think when they, you know, but, holy, I mean, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson are both good. And so, yeah, they, they're loaded, but I'm not sure they have 240 minutes either, Yeah. by the way. Hmm. Now, they might sign enough guys that they end up with 240 minutes. Did they just get Terrence Ross, or did he, where did he go, Dallas? Uh, I thought it was Dallas. Hold on. Terrence Ross just went somewhere, so that's an, that helps their 240 minutes. I think it's Phoenix. He had verbally, committed, he had verbally committed to Dallas before settling on the Suns. Yeah, it was Phoenix. Oh, okay. No wonder I was confused. Um, I think Dallas is interesting with Kyrie, but, you know, the track record is that that has destroyed three franchises, so why we don't think it'll destroy the next? Well, David, I, um, I think Kyrie that's... Kyrie looks super comfortable. I think that's an interesting Luka one. Really they've, they've lost back-to-back games, and they've done it against really good teams, the Kings and the Timberwolves. But that's him on the court for 41-plus minutes. Where I would imagine Dallas wanted to show the Kings and show the Timberwolves what they were and try to function together. And they Probably lost shouldn't games. judge them on their first two games. But I agree with you. Had they won the first two, we'd be, ju- we'd be saying they were like had arrived. And that's with Luka Doncic on the court for 38 minutes and Kyrie on the court for 41 yeah, so I'm I'm doing this thing this year where I watch the final nine minutes of every close game in the NBA. So I've watched both those. It's pretty interesting. Like Luca just has the ball in his hands a lot. Mm-hmm. Kyrie looks pretty comfortable playing off the ball because he's done that so much. But Luca just has the ball in his hands so much, and then they then it doesn't, and then it gets a little funky. Like, so who are we? What are we doing? Where is it going? Teams are still doubling Luka because you really have to, and then they move it, and Kyrie is a pretty incredible option to have off a double. Well, in those, those games, too, you give up 36 or 38 to De'Aaron Fox. I can't remember exactly what the number was. And 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 because we, we've talked about the defense, you give up 133 points, and then you give up 32 points to um, Anthony Edwards, and you give up whatever it was, 127 or whatever it was that – 
Minnesota put up on them. That was the one thing that we ta- talked about was, okay, so you're going to get this infusion of offense, but what do you do to stop some of these guys? Because, And I know those guys are going to go off for 36, 38, maybe in a given night anyways, but I just think it's interesting. I, it's a sample size to watch. Dallas unable to defend, carry on the court for 40-plus minutes, and ball distribution. Right. Yeah, I... I think they should be okay, honestly. Like I, I'm not. I don't think it should be a problem. So <clears throat> I think they should figure it out. Uh, but but second round of playoffs, you better find some pretty staunch defense. You better find some some aggression in a second. There's going to be a seven game series where it it's okay to that point, and then when you get to that point, it's not okay. No. So when it gets down to isolation, half-court playoff basketball, don't they get better? The Dallas? Yeah, I mean, they have the two best driving players in the NBA. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. They also got to defend. Yeah. They do, and and they're going to miss Dorian Finney, who is the best... Um, isolation defender in the NBA last year. So that is, that's a real problem for them. Um, but who is the favorite in the West? Are we just, do, are we just being dismiss, well, unfairly dismissive it's, of Denver? It's Phoenix. I mean, I do these conference calls with other, you know, PDs inside the, uh, the Bonneville family and we got one in Denver and we got one in Phoenix and, and we were on there the other day and the Denver guy was like, wow, you know, we felt really good until the Durant trade and now, Everybody feels like you're we're second fiddle now, and and the guys in Phoenix are puffing out their chest, thinking the road to the NBA Finals goes through Phoenix now. And I'm not quite there yet, but but I know there are some people in Denver that got pretty nervous, feeling like they were the best team in the West, and now they're not quite quite so sure. I think it's Phoenix, hey, David. Where you've got Chris Paul, Booker, Aiton, and you know when he jumps on the court, Kevin Durant. And I don't know who you play with Durant. I don't know if you play Craig or Okogi with him. I, I'm not sure what you do on the outside. Like a Kobe, a Kobe can't play in the playoffs, and Tory Craig barely can play in the playoffs. Like they shoot 25 percent from three. You're yeah. not guarding them. But, You're literally going to stick your man in the middle or just double team all the time and make those guys shoot 20 shots a game. They can't play. But where you've got Kevin Durant on the court now with one of them, and you take one of the liabilities off the court, and you're spreading it around. I don't know if Aiton becomes, you know, I don't know what Aiton's averaging this year. I got to imagine it's close to 20 points. But you can force it down to Aiton. You still got the Chris Aiton, Paul mid ranger. I mean, Aiton's not, Aiton's not a defensive marvel here. No, he's not. No. He's still in a wrestling. I don't know. It's super curious. Like, I don't know. Like let's I still like, think, let's watch it. Like Phoenix still still my favorite in the West right now. I still think they come I mean, out that, of the West. That that bench that bench is not two hundred and forty minutes of NBA minutes. Now, maybe if Cameron Payne and Landry Shaman are healthy, they're gonna be all right. Right now it's certainly not with Lee Wainwright, Landell, Sabian Lee and, and we released Sabian Lee. He's playing twenty minutes for them right now. <laughs> That's a good point. Forgot about that. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a rough bench. 
And maybe, you know, everyone gets healthy and they get a few more buyouts and they get, right, like, you know, Terrence Ross will help. So, then, you know, they may they may end up with 240 minutes here and you only need eight guys. And then, and then they're really, you know, Terrence Ross is closing games in that position, by the way. Like, not Josh Okogie or Tor- Terry Craig, because you can't, you can't have guys who shoot 25% from three on the floor when you have those many other guys on the floor that are that good because you, you just invite a double team the whole time. Well, at least they didn't just get Durant on the rent like Dallas got Kyrie. Until Durant right. wants to be traded. So I think, Ky- I think they'll yeah. sign Kyrie, which is maybe the problem. You do think Dallas will get a deal done with Kyrie? Yeah. Hmm. I don't think they do that deal. I don't think they did that deal without um, uh, without believing that yeah. they could. I just, I mean, I don't know. I just don't know how Mark Cuban makes that deal. But whatever, we're all I mean, we're all right? we're all a little morally flexible when it comes to winning. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, like you're true. going to the party, and your good friend, who's like the leader of the Holocaust Museum in Dallas, walks up to you and says, "Hi, like, yep. how you feeling?" Yep. All right, David. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, as always. You're the best, David. Always a pleasure, you guys. That's the man, the man himself, David Locke, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Again, those conversations with David brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Let's play some basketball, right? It's All-Star Week on The Zone, and we're getting you ready for the game as the NBA comes to Salt Lake City. Fires the three. Listen all week for the best coverage of the All-Star Game with all the best analysis, interviews, and tickets to all the big events. Check this out. All-Star coverage on The Zone is presented by Aquaterra Steak and Sushi. Your home for the best All-Star Game coverage in Salt Lake City is right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. Good, the bad, the ugly right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Um, the good, we got a couple of goods. Let's start off with the good that could impact your life right now. Caller number 12, it's a Team 49 Tuesday, which means we're giving away tickets every hour, all day long, to an upcoming jazz game. All you have to do is be caller number 12, 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. Get your tickets now. Go to, uh, again, be caller number 12, 801-575-ZONE. A bit of a tongue-in-cheek good here, Hans. The Arizona Cardinals have hired, as we talked about yesterday, he may have given up 24 points in the second half to Patrick Mahomes, including the game-winning field goal. But Philadelphia Eagle defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon will be the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. The team announced it's a five-year contract after giving up 38 points. Again, 24 of those coming in the second half. Uh, apparently still good enough to get the gig. So there you go. It's done, huh? Yep. I'll tell you what else is done. The Raiders have officially released Derek Carr. Oh, the Carr era is over. 
in Vegas. As of one minute ago, the Raiders officially informed Derek Carr that he has been released. The team released him before that $40.4 million in his contract became guaranteed today. He's now a free agent, so he can head to the New Orleans Saints because I think that's probably where he's headed. Uh, Panthers, also another team that could be in the mix before it's all said and done. He's got a relationship with the new Saints coach, yeah. and I know that was it was his first coach as he came into the league. So my guess is probably ends up in New Orleans but we'll probably end up running New Orleans organization into the ground for a couple of years. Or, you know, he may be great because it may have been a Raiders thing, not a Derek Carr thing. Might be. Might be, but I tend to believe it was more a Derek Carr thing. He had so many weapons around him. Yeah. He just got weapons. He got weapons. Um, he got targets. So, um, as a Raiders fan, a lifelong Raiders fan. Yes. Does this bum you out, or is this a new, exciting new chapter of Raiders football you're looking forward to? I feel like the tulips are a bloom in spring. Everything is anew. Everything is fresh. The heavy rains have come and taken the inversion away. We have a good western wind that has whipped up the stink of the factory smells <laughs> and moved it on out. And the tulips grow without the acid rain dropping on it. That's how I feel, Scott. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. I'll add on another good. I don't like this, but it's actually pretty funny. Juju Smith-Schuster just sent out a Valentine's Day card with the uh, Eagles defensive back that said, I'll hold you when it matters most. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is phenomenal. It's got a picture of him. Got a picture of him, yeah. Oh, that is really good. That is the best one yet. I actually wrote a tweet and deleted it today because it was a tweet saying my favorite part about about Valentine's is every social media director with every professional and college sports organization builds those stupid Valentine's cards. One person did it, and it was funny, and now everybody has now to do it. everybody does it. Everybody's expected to do it. And they try to take the last names of some of the players and quirkily put it in some type of Valentine's. And it's, it's just, it's run its course. Yes. But this one, <laughs> I'll hold you when it matters most. <laughs> That's really good. Oh, hey, man. I saw you and Lloyd having a cordial conversation with a Chiefs fan earlier today. How'd that go? <laughs> not great. I'd rather not talk about that. Can that, we dude, not? that dude has got his head buried so far in the sand. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was going to say it was buried somewhere else, but probably can't. The guy goes and visits. He's already visited like every, like places he's not even supposed to be in this building. And he's like, oh, hey, guys, just, just I'm not wearing my lie. Chiefs shirt. So after the show... We have two ways to get out of this building. There's one that kind of walks through this area where Lloyd sits, kind of a bullpen area. And then you can walk down the hallway. It's a little bit further to get out of the area, but it, it takes, but it, it can get you out of the studio and out of the building. So Hans and I leave the studio. We're walking down the hallway. I poke in that bullpen area, and Lloyd is talking to our resident Chiefs fan. He works for another radio station, not with his own. 
and I peek around, and I know he knows I'm a Broncos fan. I know he's got his, he's puffing out his chest. He's feeling good. And I turn around and I told hands, I'm like, I can't with this guy. But you know what sucks? The direction we went, we ended up in a worse situation. Yeah. Oh, how could it have been much worse? Sorry, not what, following. Was you. there a football game yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> Who played? <laughs> I said the Cubs. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Moron. Oh. game in your knee. No, there's it's not a game yesterday, bud. Oh, All right. You're the Cubbies, man. Just won the pennant. All right. Probably we should get to the bad. Now the bad. Well, this one is uh, pretty bad. I don't know. Think it much worse than what you just did. Come on, you got to admit that guy was obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. Bradley Bill going after a ball, headed out of bounds, ended up kind of running into an official and then extended his arms into the official. The official went tumbling over the chairs. So he was hit with a $25,000 fine for pushing the official. Have you seen the video of this? Yeah. Yep. He was unable to secure the ball. He landed, made contact with the official, and the official tried to kind of avoid Bradley Bill, but Bradley Bill kind of hooked up with the official, but he extended the arms. Yeah. Am I wrong in saying that, Lloyd? Have you seen the video? If you, if you I, the first thought was, if I were him and I didn't like that official, I might do the same thing. I mean, it's not okay, but it seemed a little aggressive. Well, it was pretty aggressive. It ended up with a $25,000 fine, and it looks like Bradley Bill will not deal with a suspension, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, surprised you, by that for sure. You make contact with an official and you extend your arms and he goes flying over the chairs in the front row and you don't get a suspension? I don't know. That doesn't send the best message around. I guess I can accidentally make contact with an official and get away with throwing something and what's twenty five grand to a guy that's making fifty grand a year. Yeah. It's nothing. Not a darn thing. I don't know what that would be equivalent to us. Maybe a $50 fine for us? Think about having the freedom to bump into anybody in this office and throw an elbow and be like, oh, shoot, uh, what's that, $20? A uh, $20 fine here. There you go. I would mosh pit right down these halls. I know you guys would both mosh pit the <laughs> Kansas City guy, and I'd mosh pit the, there was a game yesterday? Okay. Guy. <laughs> it's you guys. Don't look at me. I don't. I don't. I don't want I don't, any part of this. Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't remember that conversation at all. <laughs> I don't even think I was there. I don't know what you're talking about, Scott. I must after have went somewhere else. <laughs> you come forward right now. You know this. You pushed me down the stairs Whoa. trying to get out of the way. And out of that conversation, you pushed me. There's a lot of heels that I will I will fight with you on. I don't know. You might be alone on this one. No, no I got you back. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hands and Scotty, there's your bad. Let's get to the ugly.
And of course, the ugly. This is ugly, man. This is a bad deal. Well, we just saw this happen in the NFL. And I know we don't pay a lot of attention to soccer, but we are trying and we are going to do better. Yes. The Hanson Scotty Show is committed to doing better with soccer. I know. We uh, we feel like there's a uh, there's a resurgence of soccer here locally, mm-hmm. and we are all in on soccer. Well, Arnie Espel, he is a Belgian soccer goalkeeper, Scotty. He collapsed after he saved a penalty kick during a game over the weekend. Okay, so penalty kicks, Lloyd, picture this. Penalty kicks... Espel jumps, saves the penalty kick, stops it, and collapses right there on the pitch. Yeah. Much like we just saw in the NFL, he, yep. but he did it on a, a soccer pitch. He passed away. Demar Hamlin, he obviously made it through, and it's been a big storyline. Now, try to imagine Demar Hamlin not making it. It's been a big story because. You've got all these people that saved his life, and yeah. here's this guy that can live to talk about it and might even play the game again. Yeah, This guy was 25 years old, passed away after saving a penalty kick. As you mentioned, um, you know the defibrillator was brought out. They did everything they could, transported to a local hospital, but was pronounced dead. Autopsy is scheduled for Monday to determine the cause of death. So next Monday, they'll go in and try to figure out what happened to this young yeah. man. Yeah, twenty five years old mm. after a penalty kick too, and which I, is crazy to think. I mean i i I remember the Hank Gathers uh, playing for Loyola Marymount, throwing down a nasty dunk. I think on an on a uh, alley oop, and then running down the court, and then just collapsing. And one of the craziest, horrific things I saw as a kid growing up, and found out. You know, we found out later with the autopsy, he had a heart defect that nobody knew about, but. Uh, that official was it an NBA or college official? Oh, remember he was yeah. coming down the sideline and just out. Yep. And I can't remember if they saved his life. Or I believe so. Yeah. If he was gone, but you do see it. Yes. You do see it. That these things have happened in the past, and they are scary and horrific. It is sad to think. As you mentioned, they they had the defibrillator and they had the medical access right there and right then. Mm-hmm. You would have hoped that it could have got that heart started again, but unable to do it. Twenty five years old, Arnie Espel, Belgian so- soccer goalkeeper. Hands and Scotty coming up next. Whole world news straight ahead, right here on the Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. It is time to talk a little Utah Jazz basketball with the coach, Tim Lacombe. Yeah, let's talk about Taylor Horton Tucker. What can he offer this team, or, or what would you like to see from him? His ability to get places on the floor and make really remarkable plays is pretty astounding. I think that, that he's a guy worth watching, and he's definitely a guy during this stretch of these minutes will be really pivotal. I, I like the idea of a guy who can go in there and change the pace and create chaos I think he does that well, but he's also really effective. He makes baskets and, you know, he turns it over and, and some plays won't look great, but for the majority of the time, you know, he's out there making positive impact. So the more you can do that with the refs he's given and get some confidence personally and then obviously confidence from the group, you know, I think some good things could happen for him here at the end of the season, kind of positioning for next year. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone.
Time to span the globe for the hard-hitting news you care about. Well, not really. But hey, at least we found it interesting. This is Whole World News on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We've got, we got the, the whole world in our hands. You got the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole world in our hands. You got you and me, brother. Oh, hands in Scotty, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. So you got my back now, Lloyd, or what? Oh, yeah, I got your back. Yeah, no, that was a bad deal. I got your back. Uh, Whole world news today, boys. We're going to be talking about this guy named Kingsley Burnett from New York. He's actually originally from Jamaica. And he decided that he wanted to go visit Sydney, Australia. He wanted to go see the Dome and wanted to go see the koalas and the kangaroos. So he bought a flight to (laughs) Sydney, Australia. He, he boards his flight at, what is the New York airport? Well, there's JFK, oh, LaGuardia. LaGuardia. Yeah, it was yeah, LaGuardia. Okay. So he gets on his flight in the LaGuardia airport on January 26th. Departs, and the flight ends up landing in Bozeman, Montana. and Or sorry, Billings, Montana. And he's thinking to himself, it's really strange that I would have a layover in Billings to get to Sydney. So he goes to get on his connecting flight, and it was a 10-passenger airplane to get to Sydney, Australia. And he said at that point, while he was walking to the 10-passenger airport or airplane in Billings, Montana, where he thought to himself, this absolutely can't be right. It ended up flying him to Sydney, Montana. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. He bought a flight to Sydney, Montana. <laughs> Wait, we're about to land? S-I-D-N-E-Y, Montana, instead of S-Y-D-N-E-Y. Australia. Australia. So he ended up Boy, in... This cheapest flight. <laughs> yeah. This flight is cheap. <laughs> he ended up in Sydney, Montana, and he's sitting around like... what. Okay, you know what? That's his own damn fault. <laughs> yeah, but he called American Airlines and he said to them, I I know that this is on me. Is there anything that you can do? And they said, we could move your flight up and get you back to New York. <laughs> but that's about yeah, it. Yeah, no. Airlines are not going to work with anybody on that. They're not going to be like, okay, fine. Hey, let's let's get you to Sydney, Australia, fella. No, we'll charge. go ahead. And we'll, we'll eat this. You don't yeah. worry about no, it. Let okay. us get you there. <laughs> That's on us for not. Yeah. We should, we should have, have been more clear. We should have said why Sydney, Montana. What business? If do I you know have one there? thing about airlines, they're willing to go above and beyond oh, yeah. to help others. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, they, and they especially recently. Right. Boy, have yeah. they been helpful. There is not a more cold-blooded profession in how it treats its consumers more than the airline industry. Yeah. And this happened to be American Airlines. And I mean, you, you had a situation oh, where it was you, you had a flight canceled by COVID, yes. and they give you like credits. You're like, all right, I'm ready to book it. And they're like, well, sorry, those flights are now 5,000 more or something yep. like that, right? 100%. It was in New York. But it wasn't that price when I booked. How is that? Sir, how is that our problem? I had seven tickets from Salt Lake City to New York on American Airlines. I bought them for 320 piece or something like that. Pre-COVID. COVID hits. Flight gets canceled. I reschedule to go to New York. 
when I rescheduled, they were like, it's 450 a piece. I said, wait a second, wait, 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 how? Okay, then can you just give me my cash back? No. Yeah, no. What, I can, what, just give me my cash back so I can never use your airline again. No. No, no. Oh, you're making me so angry right well, now. Well, how like am I going to get to New York then? Well, you'll pay the upcharge. Yeah. So what did I do? Pay the upcharge. Get the bullet and pay the upcharge. It was horrible. Yeah. Any of the, when you watch any airline, and by the way, look, I fly Delta. I love, Delta has been, for the most part, pretty good to me. But Delta, if I were in a bind, Delta would, wouldn't give two you-know-what's about me. Like, I, I fully admit that. Any airline out there, you see their commercials. We're committed to you. Blah, blah, blah. You are our number one. Blah. No, don't believe any we of We hope it. to get you to your destination. No. We hope to. No, you don't. Not saying we're going to. Oh, we probably won't. But we're going to. We'll put in a minimal effort. And if we don't, that's actually your problem. Yeah. So I do think American Airlines should have seen that he was going to Sydney, Montana and said, it'd be a great PR thing. Like, okay, haha, let's fun. Give the guy some, you know, middle row seat, send him to Australia for free, have a good laugh at it, put out a press release and, and have some fun with it. But no. All that matters are profits. What do you know about Sydney, Montana? Is there never even heard of it? Anything there to do, Lloyd? Do you How do you know spell it? it? You've got two cabins in Montana, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Sydney, Montana. S I D N E Y. Sydney, Montana. City in the county seat of Richland County. Um, population, a little bit more than I thought. 6,346. All right. So there had to be at least a burger shop. Right there on the border of North Dakota. Um, it's got to be some good fly fishing around there. Far east. Oh, I bet there's some decent fly fishing. Sure it does have is. a public library, the Sydney Richland County Library. Okay, so Mr. Burnett, no institutions of higher education within the city. It's a shocker. <laughs> that could actually be left unsaid. Yes, it's almost like a Pac-12 announcement that was sent out yesterday. Didn't need to say it. Yep. Would have assumed it. Uh, the high school, the Sydney High School's mascot is the Eagles. Uh, let's see here. Oh, okay. We got notable people. Um, Flory Fisher, a former drug addict, now a motivational speaker. Oh, no, that does not say that. It does. Former. Their top notable person is a former druggie? Yeah. Now a motivational now, speaker? Now Tony Robbins? Yeah. <laughs> Ronald Nutter. The former governor of Montana. Tell me he invented the nutter butter. (laughs) Nutter butter. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, look at the uh, number one notable person there. Sure enough. Former drug addict. Motivational speaker. Now relapsed. They should know. Hey, we can actually edit this. We can edit wiki. Like, let's take that one out. We don't need that. You know, you can't edit it. Yes. Not a bad idea. Take it out. The medium income for a household in the city, 32000 Okay, so, Scotty, you plan for a week's vacation, and you accidentally find yourself in Sydney, Montana. Do you hang out for a bit, or do, no, you, no, I, do you bolt? I call American Airlines, like, get me home. And they're like, we can't. And then I get a vehicle, and I drive back home. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, anyway, I thought it was a pretty funny story. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, that's a pretty dumb thing to do. Well, Kingsley Burnett is not going to be winning any Nobel Peace Prizes no. or 
any type of intelligent competitions in the near future. Yeah, not not the not the brightest bulb out there. One hundred twenty four dollars to Sydney, Australia. Sold. Bam! Let's go. <laughs> let's go. You, know, See, you, you do fly that guy to Sydney. He's just to just to put him out in the uh, out in the bush and see if he actually survives. Yeah, he won't. All right, Hans and Scotty will kick off your 2 o'clock hour coming up next right here on The Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.